Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Bash Bros Podcast. My name is Brad Nelson, and today I am joined by my brother from another mother and house partner for the day, <laughs> Corey Baumeister. What's up, bro? What's up, bro? And Rumi, I should say at this point, I'm doing good. I cannot complain when uh, you're back in Roanoke. We get to we get to hang again. It's been a it's been a sweet week. Yeah, it has been fun so far. I mean, so just so everyone knows, our setup is a little wonky at the moment. <laughs> I am down stairs. I've got like my old mic setup that doesn't really have like any noise gates. So if our editor doesn't isn't able to get everything out, you might hear Corey talking through my mic when he screams. So or vice versa. Sh- or vice word. versa. But honestly, Brad, our the other basement dweller was able to keep his quality up. Uh, I, I'm surprised you're not able to do the same in the lower level of this house. That is true. Uh, to be fair, he did reach lower levels in the dungeon, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. been venturing. That's true. Yes, okay. yes, that is true. Uh, and that and that, and that that person actually is our special guest this week. Um, and we're going to be talking a lot about uh, the new set, D&D Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. Ooh. Ooh. And so we wanted to bring in someone who already has a lot of experience escaping a dungeon, which was my dungeon. And that's not other than Brian Brown doing... BBD, what's it like on the other coast? It's hot as hell. <laughs> I'm yeah, melting I, I, out I, here. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I heard about that. It was like 110 degrees or something in Seattle. That's insane. And there's no air conditioning to be found. Oof, they don't believe in oof. it out here. They have it. <laughs> it's yeah. It's 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 a belief. It system. is. It is a belief system. <laughs> I believe. I mean, there's 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 people that don't believe in vaccinations. There's people that don't believe in air conditioning, right? And they're all equal. Uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That should be the that should be the main topic of our of our podcast this week. I mean, it was encoded <laughs> in the fundamentals that that began our nation: life, liberty, and fucking air conditioning. Like, I mean, for all, of course. Yeah, <laughs> those are the three things that I believe were stated. I yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, that's insane, I, though. I, that is extremely hot, BBD. Poor poor you, man. You need to venture real deep to the lowest spots of the dungeon where it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I was uh, trapped in my entry when I tried to get down there. So it didn't work. Ooh. Ooh. Well, we could distract you from the heat with uh, some sweet new magic cards that are getting released in a couple weeks here. I mean, it, it's, you know, every, you know, we just had a set release. So obviously another set has to release. Exactly. Uh, that's just, every single that's month now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, I, I don't know. Modern Horizons, I think, has been out for a while now, right? Uh, I think it's like a month. You know, I got to say I, when they. Yeah, I think it's less, actually. When they said they were doing like the D&D crossover thing and there's all that talk about it because it's been hyped for a long time. It wasn't until like two days ago that I realized that this was an actual magic set. <laughs> I thought it was like <laughs> really? it was another supplemental pro- product, like the Walking Dead thing or the like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, I there is yeah. a lot of supplemental products these days. It's hard to keep them straight. It, it is. It is really hard to keep everything straight, and, and like, there's just I don't know. It's 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 overload for me, but. Yeah, it's so so, you know, before we get into the set, I do. I do like this topic. I think it's overload for uh, overloading for us, like major consumers, whereas like a lot of people that play magic, I assume like, you know, sets just come out and they just pick and choose what they like or they don't see it all right. Mm -hmm. We see everything. 
Because it's our job we, for the we, most part, yeah. Yeah, and we dig deep into that motherfucking dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we grab it all. We find every treasure chest and every, you know, every trap. We have um, the deep mines, you could say. Yeah, we do. Yeah. And, and so, like, for a lot of people, I just don't even think that's... I think that's fine for Magic to do this. Like, throw a ton out there and see what sticks. And then, you know, like they did. They threw a bunch of stuff out there and then the... uh Secret layers stuck, right? So then they continued to make a bunch of those. Yeah. yeah, and like the old school borders, you know, that was another thing that really stuck. And it seems like we're, you know, we're going to be with that forever. And and that is one thing that I actually do really like. I love the look of those kind of cards. Yeah, I mean, like I like again, as a consumer of competitiveness, I hate like especially like for commentary, once it gets to like real life again, like mm -hmm. the, all of these different versions of cards are just like annoying to me from a competitive standpoint. Mm -hmm. But like a lot of people don't play four of everything. They even play, you know, commander. And so having a bunch of ways to make your decks unique is 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 cool. Yeah. 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 People people love that kind of stuff. It's just not directed at us. That's for sure. I love like all I love yeah. most of like the alternate art weirdo art stuff. Like I, I actually really enjoy that. It's mostly just yeah. the constant influx of new products and feeling that you have to collect cards from the new products because they're legal and like I don't know, 40, they're legal in like 17% of formats or whatever, whenever they come out. So you have to like, for whatever format you want to play, you have to like, it's like, oh, there's this new card in this thing that's coming out that's like going to be relevant in this format, but it's not legal in these. And it's like, I don't know, it's it's so much to like keep track of. Like just mm -hmm. even knowing what oh, cards are sure. legal where, what cards even exist. Like there's all these commander cards. I don't even know they exist, you know? It's like, yeah. but they're legal in all yeah. these formats that I play. I don't know. Like, I've always been somebody who, like, I wanted to know everything about a format. You know, like, I want to know all my options for, like, cards I can play and stuff. It's like, I don't even feel like I know that anymore. Like, Well, I got bad news for you, BBD. Don't ever try to learn everything in historic, because I think that's actually an impossible task. The weird thing is I actually feel like <laughs> I have a pretty good grasp of historic, so I've played so yeah. much of it lately that... Yeah, that's, that's, that's one of the few formats that I actually like. I kind of feel like I understand what's in it versus not in it. But <laughs> but there was a new there was a new jumpstart 48 that just got released. So mm -hmm. you got to you got to be up to date. And, and don't forget about Anthology 7. Yeah. Of course. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> We're just joking. Those aren't real products, everyone. <laughs> Anthology 5 <laughs> is a real product, though. That came out not that long yeah, ago. That is. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I, I don't want to interrupt, but I, I'm feeling a little imposter syndrome right now. I don't think that I should be the special guest in this episode. Oh, no. Why, Brian? Yeah, why is well, that? We're doing a D&D &D episode, and you decided to bring me in over Brian Brown Doofton. And, I, and oh. Doofton is a way more D&D &D name. Yeah, if it was a more World of Warcraft thing, it would be great for Brian Brown doing. Ah, dang it. Once again, yeah. our special guest screener dropping the ball yet oh, again. Yeah, that's, that's, that, 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 no, you're actually right. No, all right, I'm going to hang up on you. Thanks for that suggestion, Brian Brown. You're Click. All right, so, Corey, should we should we give uh, Brian Brown Doofton a call real quick? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Bring, 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 bring. Hello? Doofton! What's How are you? up? Haven't talked to you guys since April 13th, 2020. Oh, man. Well, you have a great memory. Would you mind being on the Bash Bros podcast for us? We're talking about Dungeons and Dragons. I would love to. I feel that my name is a perfect Dungeons and Dragons name. So, yeah, that'd be great. 
You know what Brian Braun doing was thinking the exact same thing. So you guys are on the same wavelength. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Fuck that guy. He fucking sucks ass. Don't ever bring his name up <laughs> in mean, my presence again. Sorry, sir. Are you, so Dupton, are you are you on the uh, the West Coast too? I am. Yeah. Oh wow! So you both are on the same heat wavelength. Oh. Don't ever bring his fucking name up. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note we're going to talk about a quick upcoming event let's do it uh, alright one of our cast and crew uh, Inside Esports is running a 5k standard open this Saturday mm -hmm. which is which qualifies a bunch of players for which is coming up at the end of the month their Inside Esports Summer Series 5k Invitational so if you qualify for that you get to play in a free additional 5k uh, and there's a bunch of points and a bunch of stuff going on so go give them a look, insightesports.com. Is that it? I should have I should have had my spiel ready. Yeah, and they're also just wanting they're also running just a ton of insightesports.net. Yeah. Yeah. They're also running a ton of just like daily events and stuff too. So if you want to play any events on MTG Melee through Insight, you have an opportunity to do them pretty much anytime. Uh, some cool events for sure. I think it's www.americaonline.com slash Insight Esports. <laughs> and we also have League Weekend this weekend. You're both playing in it, right? Oh, I guess do it, well, You're well, not. You're not in the MPL. No. Yeah. Okay. 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 And neither well, is Brown. Yeah, one day, buddy. Neither is doing. Yeah. Neither is that Brian Brown doing guy because he sucks. Hey, don't bring up his fucking name to me either. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Uh, what did you end up deciding to play, Mister Brad Nelson? But but I, I actually have a cross theme for both of my decks. Okay. Oh. They both Go sacrifice permanence to put coma <laughs> to, to put coma into play. Nice. Nice. Yeah, they both poop comas into so, play. Como alagato, Mr. Roboto. So Teamer, Luca, and Standard. And And then and then it's pretty much that dragon deck, but it's just a coma deck now. Oh, the creativity thing? Yeah, it's just okay. a, it's just creativity, but you have comas in your deck. Okay. okay. Coma's just better than Velo, Macus, Lorehold, or whatever. Now, yeah, when you don't because have time you can't warp, time walk yeah. or anything. Yeah, I don't know. The team, the team's very happy about it. Like, I didn't test a ton. I tried to help out as much as I could, and mostly focus on standard because of the move and just getting back into town, and you know, not wanting to test a ton because they just got here. Mm -hmm. um, also, I mean, I have seven hundred fifty thousand reasons why I didn't really want to test. Oh, can you name and, all of them? Um, no, I can't. Oh, uh, they disappear. You don't know where they are. Okay. No, oh, I don't I know where they are. Them, uh, Washington, Lincoln, <laughs> Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> all. Wow, we, we actually went to trivia last night, and that was one of the uh, answers. You're missing one of the one more person. Can you guess who it is? Uh, Jackson, Andrew Jackson. No, no, it was Theodore Roosevelt. Mm. It was Mount Rushmore. Oh, mm. Mount Rushmore. I thought we were talking about. Yeah, I thought we were yeah. I was talking about people on the dollar bills. Me and me and Brad were laughing pretty hard because one of our childhood uh, vacations was to Mount Rushmore with our dad, and we lived in North Dakota. If if y'all don't uh, remember, and so it's just it's not a super long drive, but we get there, we walk up the stairs to Mount Rushmore. Me and Brad just both look at it, she's like, "Yep, that's Mount Rushmore. Can we go?" And we just like turned around. So if we would have spent a little bit more time there, we would have got that trivia question uh, just completely I mean, down. No chance. Yeah, yeah. The best, not. the best though. One of the bonus questions was uh, religion. Mm. 
<laughs> and Amber perked up and she just slammed an answer out and it was just wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, she she was so confident. She's like, put me in. I got this. This is my childhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wouldn't have cost us. We ended up taking second place in one of the games. Yeah. Um, AK Ross but, wasn't no. smart enough, so... You know. Yeah, Ross got a few wrong too. Yeah, yeah. I want actually Ross got one wrong that Corey got right. I did. I did. And BBD, I think you would have got it. What's the state that is known for the ten thousand lakes? Uh Minnesota. Yeah, exactly. I snapped that off and everyone was just like, oh, it's Michigan for sure. I'm like, well, I guess I'm wrong. I, I thought it was Minnesota too, but I bowed out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh a little trivia question or a little trivia for people is the Los Angeles Lakers were originally the mm-hmm. Minneapolis Lakers, which is why Lakers is their name. They have so many because lakes. Because it is the land of 10,000 lakes. And oh, then it, I thought it was because LeBron splashes into the basket all the time like a lake, you know, but no, that's the, that makes that's more the sense. the Splash Bros. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. God, get your basketball gotcha. facts correct, Corey. Come on. They're the second most popular brothers right. in the world. That's right. Yeah. Just behind next to the brothers who the bash. bash bros. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Another fun fact, the Buffalo Bills were also a transport team because Buffalo doesn't have right. a Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're we're teaching people a lot this episode. Magic related? No, 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 no. And also but other stuff. Yeah. Well, oh yeah. The uh the Baltimore Ravens were the Cleveland Browns, and the Cleveland Browns became a team again. So actually, the Baltimore Ravens are the original Cleveland Browns. So, yeah. Really? They're, hmm. they're Did actually more Cleveland Brownie than the Browns themselves, you could say. Mm. Mm. Impressive. All right. Well, with that, I think it's time <laughs> to start on our main topic, which um, is the prison system so- in the United States of America. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I, did, I did just see that on John Stewart. <laughs> Is Manguchi oh, still God. listening? Did we lose him already? We better go into <laughs> one more, you know, nonsense topic. He might still be listening. Yeah, we got, so. we got, really got to yeah. be sure. <laughs> no, let's talk some magic cards. Let's do it. All right. So, you know, this, the, the D&D Adventures in the Forgotten Realms is coming out. And I think we've all taken a good look at it. You're doing verses. I'm trying to write articles. Yep. And for the most part, the set seems like another powered down set, which is good for the long term of standard yeah. <laughs> and other formats. But right now it's it's making me a little just just the preface is a little lackluster. Um, yeah. And I and I think no other card encapsulates this as much as adult gold dragon, <laughs> which is three red, white rare for a four, three flying lifelink haste. Uh, and 50 words of flavor text. I mean, it's insane. It doesn't die to Bone Crusher Giant, so it's better than 99% of the cards in this set. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, you know, you see this after Goldspan is kind of taking over formats. Yeah. And it's like one of the best cards in standard. And it's like just another dragon that's like, <laughs> you know, the, the flying haste dragon of most sets is standard playable. Yeah. And and this one just will not be, which I'm fine with. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just it really like sets the tone when I saw this card. I was like, wow, like if this could have been an uncommon. Yeah. Borderline Honestly. common. <laughs> not common, but it definitely could be an uncommon yeah. in a lot of sets and just be fine. This is gonna be an absolute bomb and limited, though. That's for damn sure. 
I mean, maybe. I don't know what the limited form is going to be like, but... I do think it's it's much better than middle-age gold dragon, but it's not quite as wise as senior gold dragon is is my big takeaway of it, though. That that doesn't help anyone. Okay, okay. All right. Just, just yeah. Like, those. <laughs> why, why attack those two cards? I'll, uh, I'll see myself out. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> see, right, I, I, I mean i i could also now i could also see you out <laughs> yeah, yeah you can you can escort me to the door at this let's point let's get a uh, cory uh, bow meister or whatever in here um, wow you don't even know my last name doofton yeah i <laughs> brian braun doing at least does he's a true friend but whatever that's true that is true <laughs> for sure all right uh yeah i'm uh actually a huge fan of a gold adult gold dragon not because of the card itself but because of the name like i i actually <laughs> yeah. love the fact that they just have generic like D D names for these cards yeah i, yes. I, I think the flavor of, like i've never played D D before but i've played a lot of rpg games where they borrow heavily from D D, and mm -hmm. i don't know i am loving the flavor of this uh of this set like just I, I love like adult gold dragon, black dragon, like um, you know, some of the names like, you know, you find the villain's lair, like all the all the flavor of the stuff and like the choose one, like, you know, distract the guard or hide choose or whatever. Path. Like yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think that's really cool. Like I actually really uh am enjoying all of that, to be honest. Oh, I def oh, I definitely love the flavor so far. Yeah. And the flavor the the flavor abilities are yeah. awesome. Mm -hmm. um, I, I definitely think that adds something to magic and is really cool to do for a set like this. Like, and I'm even saying like, this is most of any complaint that I have has nothing to do with the set. It has to do with Eldrain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It just has to do with like, and it has to do with the MPL life where I have literally been forced to compete with standard. Like how many times do you think I've triggered an Edgewell Innkeeper? I probably triggered an Edgewell Innkeeper more times than I've like cast any card in my life in magic. Probably. Well, besides Edgewall and Keeper, <laughs> <Yeah>. because... <laughs> no. no, you You've, probably triggered it yeah, more times than you cast it. There's a reasonable chance you... Oh, that actually is true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, uh, I don't know. This set, like, remi it, it reminds me of a Magic set from, like, 15 years ago when I first started playing the game, or even longer. Yes. Like, it, it, it kind of feels that mm -hmm. way, both in power level and flavor. I, I, it's just a really nice callback that I'm really liking. I don't I don't know. I It, it, it does suck that, like... It's not that powerful from a power level standpoint. I don't know if that even sucks, but like, yeah, it, it'll suck for the next three months at least or whatever. But I don't know. I think it's I, I'm really digging this. Like, I almost wrote a tweet out yesterday that yesterday that was basically the extent of like, I really like the dungeon stuff. I really like the, you know, names like the the, the flavor of this set. You know, it, it really sucks that uh, <laughs> organized play mm -hmm. is a withered husk and like. All this other <laughs> shit, but because like the game itself is still really cool, but yeah, no, I I think the flavor is great, and I, this is one of the few sets that I was actually when me and Ross were just like talking on verses yesterday about you know like what we're looking for to make some of these like venture cards playable. Ross was like spitballing like yeah, you know we kind of need like a card that says you immediately complete a dungeon. 
um, for these type of effects to be good. And I'm like, come on, man. In a set that's all about venturing through a dungeon, you think there's gonna be a card that just says, oops, I'm out of a dungeon? And then I caught myself, I'm like, oh my God, I just, I just reference only flavor of a set instead of like, you know, what a specific card did. And I'm like, oh my God, I, I'm officially only into the flavor now. <laughs> I'm proud of you, Corey. I mean, thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's a super, yeah, I, I, I agree with you and it's a super flavorful set. I mean, I, yeah, like, again, like, I, I think everything that's happening so far is awesome. I'm into the set. It's difficult for me to take this and port it into new standard. And, like, yeah. the only... The only complaint has nothing to do with the set. It's just the timing. Like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a true, and I, and I'll end this. This is my last statement on this. I, I will be very frustrated if the next set is very powerful mm -hmm. because in my mind, the way that standard, the way that set should come out is the least powerful and the most flavorful sets. I wish would just be the the ones and the fives in the rotations, yep. and the most powerfuls would be the the fours and the eights. Mm. Well, just so that the the most powerful that which means is the most powerful sets only have a year and three months of life cycle as opposed to two years of life cycle. Yeah. Yeah. A great example Agreed. of that was Guilds of Ravnica into War of the Spark. Like War of the Spark was obscenely powerful. It's uh, probably I don't know if it's quite Throne of it's not Throne of Eldraine level. Maybe it's it's close. It's probably second. But but it's, yeah. it's probably the, the second most powerful set they've made in the last like 10 years. But that was the last mm -hmm. of the cycle. So it was in yep. standard for only slightly over a year. Um, and whereas like Guilds of Ravnica and Ravnica Legions, I think it was called, they were in there for a lot longer. Guilds was a solid set. Ravnica Legions was a little low powered, but that that yep. standard format was pretty good, I thought. Mm -hmm. It was, so, yeah. And even and even if cards like Teferi time raveler or narset started becoming annoying they were not in standard that long so yeah totally agree totally agree and and honestly this is the last set we have now you know before throne comes in or before throne goes on so like the next set you know it, it's going to be insane for standard all these cards that we kind of forgot about from this set from from strixhaven it it's like it, it's going to be renewing all these cards and maybe, it's going to be may, really fun maybe john you know? snow is finally playable yeah hey maybe you never know don't you mean that is a card i don't like you mean jorn you know? <laughs> ice or whatever his name is i don't know yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> no it's actually jorn jorn cold steve austin yeah <laughs> Maybe the real Forgotten um, Realms is the cards we lost along the way. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's actually talk about dungeons. Now, for those oh, who yeah. don't know, um, there is a new card type, uh, but you don't put it in your deck. There's three dungeons, and there's cards in this set that focus on um, venturing into the dungeon. Uh, so that is a keyword, and it says whenever you venture into a dungeon, you do a dungeon. And what that means is the first time you do it, you select one of the dungeons. There's three of them. Lost Mine of Pandelver, Dungeon of the Re Mad Mage, and Tomb of Annihilation. They all do different things. They all have uh, more difficulty to get through. It's like, And then each time you delve like, further, you select your mapping. So if you don't know what we're talking about, please just go look these cards up because once you see it, it makes complete sense. Hearing it, it sounds like the mad ravings of uh, a, a drunk magic design. It's like a flow chart, basically. You you choose yeah. you choose how you progress through the dungeon via flow chart. It's like yep. you know, 
do you want to go to the gob like you you come into the entrance and then you, you can go left or you can go right and if you go left maybe it's only two steps to get to the end of the dungeon if you go right maybe there's three steps but if you but the right three steps are maybe a little bit more impactful in terms of the abilities that you acquire by going down those so even though it's yep. longer to exactly. get to the end of the dungeon maybe it's more rewarding or or less who knows like you get to make that choice as you do it so and and sometimes you'll have a decision like there's <laughs> there's one dungeon that the the end uh dungeon of the mad mage's last ability is draw three cards then reveal them you may cast one without paying its mana cost whereas lost mine of pandelver or is it fandelver i think it's fandelver but i honestly don't know yeah. fandelver Mm-hmm. Uh, that is just draw a card, but Lost Mine of uh, Fandelver only takes four to complete, which there are cards that say complete a dungeon and this will happen. Mm-hmm. So like if you pick Dungeon of the Mad Mage to initially go into, that'll take seven before you actually complete the dungeon. Yeah. So like there's tactical things. It's like, I'll get awesome abilities. Also, you know, I think this is a limited mechanic, Same. but it's a good one because the more you have, that means like when your car comes in, it's like now this car comes into play and it creates a token or scries or draws you cards. And mm-hmm. so these cards that look weaker synergize so well that like you just start getting all these added abilities. Yeah, it really reminds me of like, you know, of course, there's different similarities, but when limited sets have things like learn, which gets you a lot of cards or even like cycling, it it, it insu- ensures that you have like more they have less non-games, right? Like if you're scrying a lot, if you're drawing cards off of these venture abilities and stuff, it, it makes more games where you just don't, you know, draw your third land or something. Um, and, and I think that's just good for limited. I think it is. I oh, think it's sure. a double-edged sword. I think it's generally quite good for limited, but mm-hmm. I think sometimes it can backfire. Um like for example like it did with Strixhaven, honestly i think lesson learn was ended up being a little too good where it was everything in the format or you know or close to it and then sometimes also uh there is value in playing games of magic where somebody can flood out like if every card had comes with a way to prevent flood protection um you know and it's turn 10 and both players still have three or four cards that they can do that suddenly every game of magic is a grind fest because playing aggressive decks in formats where cards have built in card advantage generally doesn't work very well. And so then everyone builds the grindiest deck they can build. And it, that's not always the most fun format. So there, there it is yeah. a double edged sword to print cards like that in general. I think it's a good thing for limited to have less non games, but yeah. I thought Amonkhet did a great job of cycling because cycling you could still have not like cycling helped improve the consistency of your deck. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. the choice you had to make was replace this card or play a card that's a little underpowered for its mana cost, which is a good choice. Yeah. But when the choices are play a card that's good or play a card that's good and does something good at once I get to seven mana, then it's not really a choice anymore. Yeah, and I mean, I've only played one set of matches with dungeon stuff, and we didn't have a critical mass adventure on Versus Live. So it felt very much like a a limited mechanic. But, you know, who knows? There could be some cards that are extremely powerful, like, you know, a one mana, two one that when it attacks adventures or something like that. Like, I think that's the power level of venture that you need to make it somewhat playable. And there's got to be a lot of that cards. 
Um, but as as it stands now, it does not seem like it's going to uh, make that much of an impact on standard or any other constructed format. And neither are all any of these other cards we're going to talk about. All right, <laughs> let's talk about yeah. the land cycle. Yeah. Um, so there's <laughs> there, there's a very interesting. Wait, did did someone say something? What what's so funny? No, no, no. You were thinking out loud again, Brad. Oh, yeah, I did that again. That's you bad. Did it, yeah. Um, so, so there's a cycle of lands that uh, all have the same ability. They're rare and they're single colored. And they say, if you control two or more other lands, mm-hmm. Hive of the, uh, or sorry, this land uh, enters the battlefield tap, yeah. which means uh, these have to be your first land. Or second. They're faster, fast lands. Oh, two or more, yeah. Normal yeah, fast lands, lands you would uh, be able to play as your third land. These can only be first or second. So they're even faster. They're split set. They do There's seem split second lands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you can't respond to them. You're right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Brian, specifically the blue one, can you read that one to us? Uh, yeah, for sure. It's uh, Hall okay. of the Storm Giants. If you control two or more other lands, Hall of the Storm Giants enters the battlefield tapped. <laughs> tap at blue. Five and a blue. Until end of turn, Hall of the Storm Giants becomes a 7-7 seven, seven blue giant creature with Ward 3. It's still a land. Get... Fox, how Corey. dare you have mythic spoiler <laughs> open on our on our sheet for everybody who's wondering okay. why I asked. It is in a different language, so I was I was really hoping Brian didn't have mythic spoiler open. Just some top yeah. quality podcast yeah. information. Was, thank you. Bring it Corey up. was trying to troll me, and I just <laughs> ruined him. Just ruined his entire fucking yeah. career. Yeah, you got me. But uh, out of all these lines, we don't have the green one yet. Maybe by the time this cast comes out, we'll we'll have the green one spoiled. But they all seem pretty decent. The one thing that's really different from them is it's just one colored mana and then generic mana. I feel like most of them were at least like, you know, two colored mana as of late, right? Like, I mean, I know we had like Treetop Village, which was a green and a colorless, but having all the other creature lands have been like blue black like the unblockable three two or like they've been multicolored lately i think these are all are all very good lands by the way well lately yeah. they've been colorless yeah faithless haven has been everything so far and yeah. and, and crawling barons that's but true yeah mutable yeah um yeah i mean mm-hmm. mutable well they, they, so they keep doing things i think these are interesting the and and bringing up faithless haven i think is the biggest one like mm-hmm. the, to me these lands look like they will mostly belong in monocolor decks but at, at the cost of faithless haven doesn't seem right to me you know so like yeah. there there's some competition there now maybe now maybe two color decks are going to want these um but like like we've talked about like standard right now at least until rotation there's a lot of velocity going on if you miss a land and you can't cast your allers epiphany or your dragon or your adventure creature or your mm-hmm. luca or or your soul to ultimatum like what are you even, or emergent ultimatum, excuse me. But what are you doing? So, like, these lands feel extremely underpowered for where standard's at right now. Mm-hmm. But they do look like they'd be good in five-set standard. Yeah, especially the red one. I think the red one's the best one so far. Like, I can see the blue one in, in a more controlling, like, maybe Sultai control shell with, like, uh, a bunch of spot removal, binding the old gods, um, Shadow's Verdict kind of clear out the way, and then win with something like that. But the red one actually seems decent. Uh, the red one is three and red until end of turn. Uh, this line becomes a 3-2 red goblin, and whenever it attacks, create a 1-1 red goblin that's tapped and attacking. It still lands. So, you know, something like this might help out with Embercleave 
you have to have a lot of mana, but let's say you have seven mana and two other creatures already. You can animate this, attack, you have four creatures, and then Embercleave. Um, you know, doesn't seem like that's the most likely of scenarios, but I, I think this one's decent. Probably the best one out of them so far. Yeah, and we'll just have to see once, you know, it's going to exist for the entire duration of snow. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll be interested in that. That's true, right? Call Time just came out. Um, like two sets ago, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. did. Call Time, Strixhaven, uh, this set, and one more set is going to be our four, right? The next set no, is the next one. We have, cycle. This is, yes. Yeah, but we'd be down to just those four, right? No, the next well, set? the next set will be five. Oh, so there's the one before Kel Time. I can't remember what that was. Is that Zen Theros Z Beyond Death Zendikar. or something? Ikoria. Ikoria. Okay, so Companion still. Cool, cool. Or was it Zendikar? I think it might have been Zendikar. I'm not 100% sure. I think Ikoria. I yeah. think Ikoria was before Zendikar. I think Ikoria. Yeah, that's. Came after Eldraine, but. Mm. It, Ikoria was after Eldraine for sure. But I don't remember if it was another one in between. But, anyways, doesn't matter. Yeah, they're cool. They're cool. Let's let's chat about some other cards. Yeah, I think these lands are yeah, they're, they're good. I, I'm not sure the red one's the best one. I think I think all of them are are of a fairly similar power level. Maybe the black one's the worst mm -hmm. one that we've seen, but they're all pretty solid. Mm -hmm. I think so. Anyway, yeah, yeah, it does feel like that. So they have they have really uh, been cheating on the homework with um, uh, exiling cards from graveyards. There's just so many cards lately that just have this like, you know, trinket text that just is like, I don't know what to do with this card. All right, it'll just exile good. the graveyard. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, good. good. I, I, Get those graveyards out of there. Nothing fun comes from it. Like, I don't want to say that, but like having more abilities to interact with opposing graveyards is a good thing, I think. So. Yeah, if it well, if it's really efficient, like you know, we want it always to be efficient. Uh, but anyway, let's uh, let's let's start with uh, my favorite card uh, from the set so far. I don't even know if it's good, but I do like where it's going, mm -hmm. and that's Vorpal Sword. <laughs> this is a black mana for an artifact equipment. It says equip creature gets plus two plus zero and has death touch. Uh, equip cost is black black, and then an additional ability that says five black black black, so eight mana. Until end of turn, Vorpal Sword gains whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, that player loses the game. So the reason I like this card is I always feel like black aggressive based decks are always lacking a little bit extra power and a little bit extra reach. Mm. Um, they, you know, they can, like take the mono black deck in Historic, for example. Almost all of the creatures can recur, um, but they lose so much efficiency later in the game. And, and so having mana sinks to just keep equipping this and the creature gets death touch, uh, I think could be very annoying, especially with recursive uh, creatures. So I, I'm interested to see if this does anything. Now, I'm not thinking this is going to like blow the game open or anything, but it is a it is the type of effect I think black aggressive decks want. Mm -hmm. I think I just picture some of the some of the interesting decks like, um, you know, Whisper Squad or something being paired with this in standard, you know, once again, after rotation, I imagine, but I think something like that could be kind of cool. I think this card requires you to have threats that are either hard to get off the battlefield that come back or cards that create multiple threats at once for the, for this kind of card to be good. Mm -hmm. Cause otherwise these kinds of equipment run into the issue where you curve 
two drop into three drop into this equipment and your opponent plays two removal spells and you're stuck with an equipment and nothing to put it on. Um, so I think that's that's the key is is like it has to it has to be played in a deck that has enough things to put it on. I think. This, yeah. Or or slap that on uh, a mayhem devil. Ooh, fan me down. <laughs> well, that's the opposite of where I want to go. <laughs> Come on, death touching pinging. That would be nice. Take down this big creature. Take down this big creature. We, we, we already do that with the third chapter, right? Yeah. Yeah. I suppose. Let's slap that on a uh, <laughs> on a gristle brand. Oh. Gain nine life instead of seven. Thank you very much. <laughs> Let's strap that on Vorhold, and now we have Death Touch and the ability to hit the Time Walk. All runs of yeah. Let's let's strap that on to Phage the Untouchable. Wait, no, that that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Already has that ability. I and I think that is the picture too. Isn't this person just holding Phage's head? No, just a just a Gorgon's head. Oh, okay, okay. Um, all right, so next card is Nicolas Cage for a colorless red-red <laughs> creature skeleton flying Nicolas Cage can't block, mm. and it has the ability rejuvenation. When Nicolas Cage dies, exile it. If you do, exile the top card of your library until end of turn, and until the end of your next turn, you may play one of these cards with the reminder text of if you cast Nicolas Cage this way, you can't play the other card and vice versa. Mm. With the flavor text of, I'm going to finally get the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this card is called Flame Skull, and it just reminds me of uh, ghost, whatever that ghost card is. Ghost Hunter or something? Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider, yeah. yeah. Ghost, Rider. Like ghost Rider, yeah. Yeah, Brad, you're going to have to narrow it down. If you're talking about some garbage movie that involves Nicolas Cage, you really got to be more specific. I heard his newest movie's good. I actually, we should watch it one of these nights. It's on, it's on Hulu. Okay, I'm in, I'm yeah, in. The, like some, like some horror, joke horror movie with like, uh, I don't know. I hear it's actually good, but I don't know if people are like giving it the benefit of the doubt because it's like good for Nicolas Cage yeah. or an actually good movie. This card is really interesting to me though. I, I, I think maybe in mono red, you know, this could slot in, but it's, it's a pretty tricky, uh, pretty sticky threat. Also seems pretty good in like a Rakdos sacrifice shell. Um, you know, if there's some other stuff with that. Could you be know cute. what I think would make this card just, really good? Huh. If, if it, it was a 5-1 with death touch. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, not, that's not even a good recurring joke. But this card <laughs> is a I'll good recurring threat. You don't get it, Corey? Uh-uh. You don't get the joke? I don't get it. Oh, if you put the sword on it? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I was like, this is a recurring joke from what, four minutes ago? <laughs> like... He's not even listening and she got the joke. <laughs> Good girl. Uh, so yeah, like I, I just think this is an interesting card because it, it's going back to the roots of like the, you don't get the card advantage up front, but in certain situations, this could potentially be a very sticky threat. Mm -hmm. Like, we don't have time for this now. It's like, hell, like, with, with Shadow's Verdict and Extinction Event, it doesn't even yeah. matter, right? Yeah, and Phoenix of Ash is just probably better than this card and fits the kind of same mold, you know? Yeah, and so, you know, but it is it is cool to go back to this these type of effects. I just wanted to highlight this card as um, what I like out of Magic cards, and, mm -hmm. and we can move on to. 
whoever posted this next one. Oh, yeah, that was me. This is Loth Spider Queen. This is one of the earlier cards that we got. It's three colorless black black uh, for four loyalty planeswalker. Whenever a creature you control dies, put a loyalty counter on Loth Spider Queen. Zero, you get to draw a card and you lose a life. Uh, negative three, you create two one or two two one black spider creature tokens with menace and reach. And minus eight, you get an emblem with whenever an opponent is dealt combat damage by one or more creatures you control. If that player lost less than eight life this turn, they lose life equal to the difference. So, you know, I think this has to be in like a Rakdos sacrifice kind of shell if it's going to make it in standard, um, you know, sacking like goat tokens to put counters up um stuff like that but also i'm interested in just the five mana you know make two creatures sometimes or just the draw card ability kind of the reminder of Omnixilus when it was in standard which was a good card you know i think standard has surpassed it and Omnixilus's ability to actually kill a creature was pretty was pretty huge so i do think it's a worse card than that but i'm interested to see if after throne that this card can can do something in control shells as well, maybe a soul tie controller. I something. see they've gone back to the tried and true five mana planeswalker with draw a card ability. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, they couldn't be away from yeah, it too they, long. They got away from it for a while, <laughs> but they had to come back to uh, to old faithful. But the true template, the two true template is also negative all but one kill a creature and then emblem win the game. So they've steered away from it a little bit. I mean, thankfully. negative all but one make two creatures <laughs> and emblem maybe win the game. I mean, it's not that far off. It's mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. it's I think this card is just generically powerful. Like, I, I don't know. I think so, too. It's just yeah. it's just generically powerful. I don't think it, it's like it has to be in this shell or the shell. Like, I don't know. I've once again only played one match uh, with this card again on Versus, but it was incredibly tough to to kill. Like I was just playing an adventure deck and getting around those spiders was just a big problem. And the one thing that I really like about the negative three ability is like looking at like Goldspan Dragon. You were talking about how good that card is. The fact that your negative three can still deal with it, um, you know, is not nothing. Um, so I, I could see this card being one of the better cards spoiled so far. I mean, yeah, so so one thing you have to keep in mind, I don't think it can just be considered generically powerful because it does have deck building restrictions, which are to continuously use it, you must lose other creatures. Um, So like it itself can't ever activate. Well, it can activate its minus three ability a second time, but kill yep. itself mm -hmm. without extra fodder. So I do like that this this has a home in a deck that doesn't care if its creatures die. Yeah, but it kind of has to be in that shell, which I do like, like a card like Obnixilus or other five minute planeswalkers like that. They could find homes in any shell that could treat them well. But this is like you need to play this in like red, black sacrifice or green, black tokens, style deck or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but that's awesome because it's, it does a lot of cool things. Yeah, I mean, you need yeah. to you need to have creatures in your deck. I don't think it has to be specifically yes. those like. But having creatures in yeah. your deck is a very low bar to clear in Magic these days. Like, honestly, yeah. I could really see it though. Like, I mean, Cat Oven is out, but Cat Oven in like historic or something. Cat Oven seems insane with this static, you know. That would be an an, an additional like fun of like, yeah. Look at look what I can do. Yeah, exactly. But like, you know, this would be competing for Corvold. You know, is, well, is I mean, there's good? gonna be like there there's gonna be games where you play at sack four creatures, ultimate it, and they lose eight life. Yeah. yeah. 
you know that like that that's what's cool about this card but so. don't you also have to deal them damage like you have to at least hit them for one for the emblem right otherwise it does yeah, nothing yeah. no if they no if they oh, lost can, less than whenever an opponent is dealt combat just, damage by one or more creatures you control oh yeah okay yeah. but that means if you connect with just a cat every single turn it's dealing eight seems seems you overkill know? at the point where you have four creatures to immediately sack <laughs> You know, like, I think at that point, you're probably doing pretty well. I do think that this card uh, yeah. would actually be yeah. good in that style of deck, though. Yeah. Yeah, All right, another card. All right, moving on. Who who put this next one Hey, up? that was me, too. Uh, another card we played on versus, and this is uh, Tasha's Hideous Laughter. It is one colorless blue-blue. Sorcery, each opponent exiles card from the top of their library until that player has exiled cards with total mana value 20 or more. This is really interesting. We played it in a deck that we thought was going to be a complete meme, and it was just Demir Mill with, like, Secret Keeper, um, you know, the two-mana Mill 8, uh, like some Thieves Guild Enforcers, this card, and then some removal, some Drown in the Locks, as well as Into the Story, um, just as a good kind of Demir control deck. And it was surprisingly powerful. We played it against a green-white deck that had, like, Great Henge, had... Um, you know, a couple other six drops, Vorin Clex, had had a lot of four drops, had three drops, um, a pretty good mid-range style deck. And Ross was milling me on an average of like 15 cards the three times he cast it, which is pretty impressive for the rate of three mana. So I, I think this is one to keep an eye on. And I especially think this card in modern, Demir Mill, is pretty broken because all these decks in modern, uh, and first of all, Demir Mill is an excellent deck in modern. It foros a lot of prelims and it, and it does pretty well in challenges. But what people are playing to combat that is just either Emrakul's or Gaia's Blessings. And naturally, if you hit one of their Emrakul's off this, that's 15. That's, you know, pretty bad. Like that's you. You only have five more uh, mana values total to go, but you exile it and they don't get to reshuffle their graveyard in, um, which could be a big deal in that deck. I got to say this. This yeah, card is incredibly powerful against all these 60 land decks that people will be registering at the World Championships this year. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Oh, Brian. Oh, Brian. Oh, wow. Yeah, just removing the gloves. Holy shit. But like uh, another deck that it actually is kind of insane against. We did the math. Amulet Titan right now only has a total mana value in their entire deck of like it was like 42 or something because they play so many lands so like you cast two of these and you're almost assuredly decking them when they have drawn seven cards dude that, no that now mm -hmm. now now you just have me thinking like in a perfect world everyone at worlds just registers 56 <laughs> islands for tasha's yeah. hideous laughter <laughs> and, and 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 with the additional rule that no one can yeah. <laughs> yes and yes. just see who wins it's like oh you won the die roll guys mm -hmm. that's, that's rough <laughs> this sounds like a great event to cover if i'm invited to that this would be fun guys <laughs> oh that would be so good that would yeah. be but we'll see right. that that card that card could be more of a meme but i think it's something to keep an eye on in these uh, mill shells they could be quite good all right, so next card that I got on my list, it's a Werewolf Pack Leader. It's mm. a green, green, 3-3 three, three human werewolf with an ability called Pack Tactics, which is whenever Werewolf Packed Leader attacks, if you attacked with creatures with total power 6 or greater, this combat, draw a card. 
with the activated ability of three colorless green until end of turn wolf pack leader has a base power and toughness of five three gains trample and isn't a human now mm -hmm. this is just like one of those generically good green beat down creatures um and i mean i don't have much more to say about it but it does look like one of the cards that like you know mono green is a real thing in standard mm -hmm. uh this you know gem razor is one of the biggest reasons for that though yep and this card does not interact with gem razor much like a stone coil serpent or the token generators do yeah or that the counter generators it could also just be you know slanted in such a way where like we've seen simic aggro where it's like very much mono green splash blue for like negates kind of thing and it's just big beefy creatures right like it's this it's your vow um and it's just that style of mono green instead of the stone coil serpent the one one that puts counters on it and gem razor kind of thing um you know who know who knows if that's better or not but i think this card is quite good yeah i'm, I'm a fan especially because I, I love me some activated abilities like this like um when you know, I like playing magic that way, where you actually are sinking your mana into stuff like this. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm hoping a card like this is playable and it gives like mono green some more legs. Yeah, um, I'm not holding my breath, but it is a card that I really uh, that that jumped out at me yep. when I was looking at the set. Yeah, it's definitely yep. a powerful card on its own right. Green aggro, not always playable, but yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you guys remember the days of Watch Wolf, right? Like it was green white, which was harder to cast, I feel, and just a three three. That's it, you know. And that that card was, like was great. fifteen years ago. Though. I know it's so crazy. Like, you guys remember the War of eighteen twelve, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> same thing, yeah, same thing. Uh, next yeah. up, we got uh, Icing Death Frost Titan. This is two colorless white white for a four three legendary creature dragon, uh, flying vigilance. When Icing Death Frost Titan dies, create Icing Death Frost Tongue, a legendary white equipment artifact token with equipped creature deals or gets plus two plus O. Oh, whenever this creature attacks, tap target creature, defending player controls, and equip two. This card seems pretty good. This seem, seems pretty powerful. Um, you know, in a mono white deck, maybe, maybe green white or something like that, but. That is a lot of words. Um, Can you recite that card yeah, name five times fast? God, no. That, that, that's a rough one. <laughs> it is, it's Frost Tyrant, by the way. But yeah, it's... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, that card looks all right to me. Like, it, it looks yeah. in a similar vein to the uh, the angel that finds more copies of itself that the white decks, Legion, Legion angel, angel, white decks are playing mm. right now. It's similar similar power level, probably. Mm. Funny you say that because me and Brad were just building a deck before we did this for Versus Live where we cut Legion Angel in Mono White Snow to play this card. So, yeah. Yeah, I really want to see how this card plays out because, yeah. like, one of the downsides to an equipment is that you have to cast and equip. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, that's that's one of the reasons why a lot of equipment doesn't see play. But this is a creature that, you know, has its own decent stats and can attack and block. And then after that, you get an equipment, and then paying that doesn't seem as bad to me. And uh, just vigilance on this card, I think, is extremely important. You know, being able to attack, put the pressure on, and then that inherently forces your opponent to have to attack back. Otherwise, you lose the game eventually to this. Uh, and then you can block, get that equipment, and then just play another one, right? Like, the equipment and this are not legendary in the same vein. It's, also, it's also really nice that this is just good against Goldspan Dragon trades with it mm -hmm. on defense 
attacks into it on offense and still plays defense. Plus, imagine the scenario where your opponent's at six life with one flying creature and you have six mana and you can play a second icing death. Legend rule. Get the equipment. Put it on. Oh, man. Or even better, you cast Vorpal Sword That's right. and pay yeah. two black to equip <laughs> and deal the last six points of damage. Or better yet, they're at, no, they're they're really at 28 life, and you <laughs> play a second copy of this with a Lilth at seven loyalty. <laughs> it goes to eight loyalty. Right. Ultimate it. Eben Death Draco, Draco Lich. Wait, sorry. I do have one last point to make. Okay, you have 11 <laughs> mana. You cast Vorpal right. Sword. You Evan equip Death Draco Lich. Two colors, black, black, legendary creature, zombie dragon. Flash flying, uh, Ebon Death Draco, Draco Lich. Man, these names. Yeah. Enters the battlefield tapped. You may cast the card from your graveyard if a creature not named the card died this turn. 5 2. Yeah, at the, at the beginning of the podcast, card. Brad Nelson. Yeah, I love all the names in the set. At the end of the podcast, By the end, <laughs> Brad that Nelson. That card, that card. I hate like, to fuck say, fuck the names of the set. <laughs> fuck them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody brought this card up on Versus yesterday, and you know, like it just got spoiled while we were on it. And I'm just like, oh yeah. Right as I was casting Bone Crusher Giant, I was like, I bet it will be great. <laughs> Like, come on, you can't have a four mana get stomped card in in standard right now. Like, we'll put this one on the bench for another three months and maybe we can talk about it again. But all right. Well, I guess yes, that's sir, it. We can. Wish. <laughs> to colorless black sorcery, you may play a card you own from outside the game this turn. Yeah, you can reach into your backpack, you know, cast black lotus. You know, it, it does not specify to your sideboard, so. Whatever. It's two and a red, by the way, not black, but yeah. Oh, sorry. Two and a red for, for Wish. I, I, I like the simplicity. It's just yeah. Wish. Yeah. And the card is interesting. And because it says play and not cast, um, you can also have a land in your sideboard. Mm. And and you can go get a land if you need to. And I don't know where this has a home. Other people, that's a card for other people to figure out. But... It does seem like a sweet option because it doesn't have all the parameters that all the other wishes have. But I mean, the one negative that it does have is the fact that you have to have that much mana on that turn. You know, Burning Wish, Cunning Wish, all that stuff. You would cast it on turn two or turn three, respectfully, um, and and have that next play set up, you know? So th- that is a big cost. Like this, when do you cast this card? Like turn seven, when you have seven mana and go get a four drop or something? Like... Oh, I have no idea. That's that's for mm. other people to figure out. Mm. I'm just saying that Brad's this is just a the card. messenger. Yeah. He's just he's informing us of the coolness of the card, to which I agree. Okay. Yeah, okay. like 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 this seems like a card that I mean, I could see this could be in a legacy, the perfect storm or something, or one of those random decks. I have no idea, yeah. right? Because they've always been restricted to what they can tutor yeah. for. Mm. Yeah. And so now they can tutor for artifacts and the, you, there's a lot of artifacts that work with spells. Like Vorpal Sword. <laughs> like Vorpal Sword. Exactly. Uh, yeah. you're good. Right, so you got 14 mana. <laughs> yeah, you got 14 you draw mana. A creature sword, in play. You did draw the wish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, next up, we got treasure chest. This one's incredibly interesting and I really hope is gonna be good. And honestly, it, it seems kind of wild, but for anybody like Brian who loses the credit card game all the time, you probably shouldn't play right, this let, card. Let, me, let yeah. me explain what this card says first okay, before we okay. start talking about it. So treasure chest is three colorless artifact. Four mana, sacrifice, treasure chest, roll a d20. So this card actually is an RNG. <laughs> One trapped, you lose $750,000 for the world championship. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> two, through, two through nine, create five treasure tokens. <laughs> 10 through 19, you gain three life and draw three cards. And then uh, 20, search your library for a card. If it's an artifact card, you might put it on the battlefield. Otherwise, put that card into your hand. All right, who rolled a one? Uh, who did it? Uh, I'm pretty yeah, sure there was it? about 64 people that rolled a one, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, the 10 through 19 is pretty insane. Just getting that kind of card advantage. If this is going to see play at all in standard, I would envision it's going to be like a tap out control. Like you play this on three, interact on four, maybe wrath on five, on six, sack this plus heartless act or something. Um, but yeah, more than likely not quite ready for standard oh, yet, this, this card is not this a, is a limited card, card you don't think sure. so yeah yeah or or it's yeah. just a fun card like this yeah. is not this is a casual card a hundred percent no you can't say it's a competitive card where you're actually rolling a die and if you hit one you just pay seven mana lose three life like no no way like <laughs> i mean if if the knobs were turned far enough it would be like Anything yeah, oh, will be a competitive sure. card if, if you turn yeah. the knobs far enough, but the knobs aren't turned that far on this card, so. Yeah, like the coin flip card, you know, in Modern Horizon, the blue-red one, like, I don't think even the knob is turned far enough on that one, but, you know, that that's a lot closer to a playable constructed card. To be fair, though, I would be so mad at Wizards if they made competitive D20, roll a D20 cards. <laughs> My God. it would, Like, literally, it hurt Hearthstone to have all these RNG stuff, like, we we did this on the podcast before. We said Rakdos Showstopper is a great card, but if it was competitive, we'd hate it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you just don't want competitive magic to have a bunch of RNG. Yeah. So I'm very glad that they put it on the more casual cards, the more, like, fun cards, um, and and leave, you know, the the for competitive, you know, just leave us with all our drain cards. Yeah. yeah Plus more fair. dice roll drama every time you play a match of magic. Ugh. I couldn't, oh I couldn't think God, of anything yeah. I would want less than that. <laughs> <laughs> just just you have to start calling judges. It's called, like, it's just all the drama oh with, with rolling dice, plus the drama with the bad beat stories that you get. I mean, it just, oh, please. That would be like my nightmare to have to deal with this card being a mainstay and standard. Yeah, having the someone come the... up to you and just be like, oh my god, Corey, you won't believe what I rolled on chess or chest. I'm gonna like, is it one? I'm like, yeah, how did you know? Like, <laughs> sick, dude. <laughs> no, it was a six, and I got yeah, five treasures. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I used those treasures to get a temporary advantage that I grinded into a win six turns later. Like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right so the last card was added by this is our last card for today we'll have a ton more for the next couple of weeks we'll be talking about the set mm -hmm. don't you worry everyone but the last card uh brian uh brian brown doing actually posted but doofton i think you're yeah, gonna have is, to read it we stopped saying his name dude yeah, like, come on. we both specified yeah this is the last uh, this is the only <laughs> card that i've added to the list for today it is cloister gargoyle two and a white artifact creature gargoyle <laughs> 
When Cloister Gargoyle enters the battlefield, venture into the dungeon. As long as you've completed a dungeon, Cloister Gargoyle gets plus three, plus oh, and flying. Um, and the reason that I, I think, you know, this is a solid limited card. And the reason I put it in here is because trying to remember, like, all these different things that are going on in the game, how far into the dungeon you are, it could be a real cloister fuck. So. Wow. Aren't you gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> That's the whole reason that you added that card. Huh? I should have known that you just added a card for a meme. Gotta and, love you. Yep, gotta that was the you, one Brian. card that I had to contribute for today. <laughs> and the cast and crew, Brad. No. <laughs> Alright, no, so, yeah, um... I mean, that's that's all we got for today. Uh, and we'll be talking about this set for the rest of the week. So hopefully, hopefully by next week, we'll have a good grasp on what Sanders actually going to look like. But for right now, there's like I'm literally trying to figure out a card to write about that could be like competitive and standard. And I'm just drawing a blank for all this, like super competitive. That's worthy of an article. Like, I don't think I could just say Ice Death Frost Tyrant mm -hmm. is good in, in mono white. You know, that I'm mm -hmm. not going to write 2,000 words on that. Have you considered writing about Edgewall Innkeeper? That'll probably be pretty good and standard moving forward. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I keep playing it, and I keep doing medium with it. There you go. There um, you go. But yeah, so thank you for listening to our episode, everyone. Uh, we'll be back next week, and uh, until then, we just have our cast and crew to thank, including a few newcomers. Sorry, one correction, though. We're going to be back in a half a hmm. fortnight um, for anybody who's keeping track the proper way. Why did you, that's, the joke is coming. You didn't need to use it early. Oh, no, the joke was far in the past. It was like a full score in the past that it was truly. <laughs> was utilizing truly a... Viable. All right, Adam. <laughs> Adam is BBD's personal hype man. Welcome, Adam. I wasn't here for your first episode. Yeah. But thanks for becoming part of our cast and crew. And Adam's job is to stand behind BBD at all times. I would never stand behind BBD, especially on Mexican night. Uh, and then my, my mic in hand and hype the shit out of whatever BBD says. So a lot of oh yeah, yes. a lot of yes, a lot of. Oh, How's that yeah. been so far, Brian? Is that uh, has that kind of hype hyped up your life? Is has that been going yeah, good? It's been all right. Yeah, how's the pooping situations? Is it kind of awkward when he's hyping that up, or? Yeah, yeah, it is a little awkward. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> Next well, up, is that is, is is that is that because Unks is also there? Yeah, there's a lot of people that are in the bathroom duty for uh, Brian when he's at the <laughs> office. It's very. <laughs> Next up, we got Brandon, which is another new uh, person that you weren't around for, Brad. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Brandon finally went through orientation um, and is now the official BBP spokesman slash scapegoat. Um, his job is just to keep the sinking ship afloat by issuing our official statements and taking all the flack for them. You know, so really important job here. And we we owe Brandon a lot. That's awesome. We don't have to take ourselves no. anymore. No, yeah. no. No, I think maybe that is great because I've got a lot of things about Bill Cosby to say. Wow. So, Brandon, <laughs> we're going to need you to do a press conference yeah. on all the things we have to say. Usually it's at Shaheen Sarani that we use as our scapegoat. So he gets a little bit of time off. Yeah, we're going to need a Twitter handle. Yeah, Brandon. that's right. Yeah. All right. We got we got Eric and that is the BBP emotional support changeling. Uh, so. Basically, I think I'm the only one who uses uses Eric because I'm the one who's traumatized by everyone else on the cast and crew. Uh, so <laughs> appreciate Eric's job, actually an uplifting role. 
uh, unlike mm. many other members of the Scouting crew. Well, Dr. Hunt lifts things up. It's just not great for you. Well, if anything bad is happening to you, I always can talk to Steve, who is our general counsel and chief legal mm. analyst. Mm. True. Yeah. Very positive stuff going on there. Next up, we got DJ, and that is our official copycat. That is DJ, our official copycat. So really just, you know, reiterates all the things we say. Just really reiterates all the things we say, and it, it helps that, a lot. Does that it just mean that lot. DJ, like, uh, rips off our content and our IPs? Yes. Yeah, but does, like it in a, does it in a fun way. DJ does, does do that, way. but unfortunately, uh, Brandon is the one who takes the blame, so... Mm, it does it suck. Sucks. Mm. All right. Yeah. Oh, well, this one was going to be great, but unfortunately, there was some fort shadowing from Corey. So oh. <laughs> we got Bino Gatista. <laughs> and you may have known that last week, Bino had his trial thrown out due to jury tampering and was coming back to the States to serve as our special guest uh, in, in a fortnight's time. But it's only been half a fortnight. Mm. So. There's yeah. So we still, still gotta wait. wait another week for that. Mm. How long does it take to travel in this? It thing? is. How, he's is is it is it is Bino going? <laughs> I think by he's boat? going by foot at this point. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Bino's uh, a had a rough time. journey. It's honestly been like eighty fortnights since uh, we started, and Bino still has not All made right, it. So. Rudy, <laughs> who is our business analyst. Um, we we uh you know we 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 do need to look at those books here soon and, and start making some marketing plans now that we both live here. Mm -hmm. We're gonna change our stuff up and S3D is gonna help make sure that it's not a losing proposition like mm -hmm. our merch store. Oh uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh next up we got Inside Esports, and that is our esports event organizer on MTG Melee. And as we talked about earlier, we have that standard open here on Saturday. Uh anybody who's wondering, it's also one-seventh of a fortnight um, that we're gonna be playing that open uh for anybody that's interested. And we got Ian Pasella. If S. Saruti is looking at our books, Ian is cooking them because he is BVP's leading mm. resident pastafarian. I'm pretty mad you guys didn't actually compliment me on on you know doing the math on that fortnight with how many days, but whatever. I guess we'll just it's, let it go. It's it's, it's one fourth a fortnight actually. No, it's two seventh. Yeah, it's four. It's four fourteenths. You, 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 you said one seventh, right? Ah, shit. Well, then then I I'm sorry I reiterated my point just so I can, can be wrong. Can we again, insult so, Corey right. on his fortnight math? Are we allowed to? <laughs> I mean, I, I stayed silent so yeah. I didn't have to. <laughs> well, screw you guys. I'm going home for the next half of Fortnite. I'll see yeah, you guys. You are home. And your home well, is with Brad, who is now going to dagger you about uh, Well, as long oh. as you don't dagger me with a Vorpal sword, mm -hmm. that looks dangerous. Next up is is Wapa, who is not only my personal barista and dog walker, won't walk me, but also uh, is your deck donation you're about to do after this podcast. Now, that means yeah. nothing to anyone else listening. Yeah. But, but yeah. about to stream the deck donation. Nice. From and it, the deck donation that he uh, that he has sent my way was a Wilderness Reclamation Nexus of Fate deck in Modern. So really, uh, you know, each match takes about an hour and a half. So thank you for that, Wapa. Appreciate it. You're really getting your money's worth on that time. Uh, the matches take that long. Sure. Are you exclusively <laughs> pairing against uh, Shahar? Like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> No, I just don't have wind cons. 
That jar joke is good. Uh, next up, we got Adam, and that is our ghostwriter. Any kind of spooky stuff that happens, Adam is like the first to write about it. So goosebumps related stuff, um, you know, different hauntings, um, skeletons. There's a lot of skeletons in these dungeons. Adam does a lot of writing on the on those topics. Can we get some of our own choose your own adventure? It's been a long time since I've read one of those. Oh, fun! Uh, I read the shit out of those when I was a kid. I love I loved him yeah. so much. Mm, me too. All right, we got David Watt. That is the special guest screener who had the worst special guest in Bash Bros podcast history on this episode, followed by the best special guest mm-hmm. in Bash Bros. Oh, no. David's been fired. Dave, don't worry, do it. Okay. David. David's been fired. Mm-hmm. And then rehired. This right? was the final draw. And then this was the final straw. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, next up we got One Paul second. Kat. One second, I'll be. We can, it's okay. We'll audit all this out. I just hope he never comes back. Me too. <laughs> he just completely trolls. Completely trolls. So um, so funny. Oh, Sarowski! Right on time, BBD's Brian. Nice. staring photographer. Mm, great work. Great so work. I had to run to the fridge. I'm used to having the mini fridge next to me, so... <laughs> you ventured deeper mm. into your fridge. All right, next up, we got Phil. And Phil, once again, like, God, just been crushing it lately. All the status reports from our office have just been coming back, you know, spotless. Um, there, There's nothing bad I can say about Phil right now. So just keep it up, you know, exactly what you do. You're doing it right. Whatever you do, continue doing it. Yes. All right. We got JP. That is Mangu's timestamp finder. This job is designed to find the point where we actually begin to talk about magic so that Mangushi can, t- can tune in. Uh, so we're not talking about random ass bullshit that he doesn't care about. Um, and I believe the timestamp for this episode is about an hour and 10 minutes in. I had to. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> not bad, not bad. Next up, we got Eric Null. And uh, last week, Eric Null uh, got a promotion, Brad. I don't know if you were aware, but uh, af- after successfully clearing out all the trash from the merch store, he's been promoted to the BBP trash man, to the BBP head of health and safety. So, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. no, yeah. no. That's that. That is a. Of, of of wrong promotion yeah yeah, yeah. no one knows where he Eric's actually backed me on our health and safety inspection for having the uh dumpster 5.5 feet from the door uh, what kind of talking become a hard ass huh <laughs> yeah the kind of talking that dr unks is not interested in <laughs> yeah the oh, good yeah. kind of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that was good oh my god all right next up we got sol nabasi who's our designated matadork um this week do we have any matadors? i think it's Corey's 11 mana yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it is Corey's Corey, eleven just, mana. Yeah. What are you talking starts, about? It's treasure chest, y'all. That creates so much. Corey mana. starts the game with eleven mana, but uses all of it on Vorpal Sword, so he still loses anyway. <laughs> <laughs> just to activate it once yeah. without a creature. You got me. <laughs> all right. We got Garameldi, and that is our merch store manager, which is not a failed venture, counter to what you may have heard uh, earlier minutes ago yeah. it's it's very successful very well, successful. no i mean it's it's just the problem is is we're owned by the same company as mm. magic legends and oh. you know so so they you know they, they went under because of you know failed monetary gain they just they're just sweeping our merch into the dungeon just like they swept the game into the dungeon 
Oh yeah, well, we should start selling our merch in the dungeons. It's like some players just like I'll scry too, and it's like, would you also like yeah. to buy the shirt? You know what we gotta have? We just gotta have BVD's face on a shirt and his creepy smile that he does for every GP top eight, and it just says, "I'm in the dungeon," and on the back, and loving it. Oh no, we just need to get that creepy Brian uh, as just like underwear. Oh, God. Oh, uh, yeah. Just yeah. right there on the ass. Just that creepy and, and ass. And suddenly spot. everyone yes. understood why our merchandise never Ooh, sells. We could also do it like, <laughs> yeah. we could do it on a Speedo too, just oh, right God. on the crotch. Oh, okay. Nice banana hammock. I like it. I like I it. I will start making all of this Brian merchandise. Please do. We need to lose more money on our merch store, y'all. Brian Tassels. Ooh. <laughs> I can like that. <laughs> What do you think of that Duifton? Do you think that'd be good? Or? Yeah, that all sounds like wonderful, high-selling ideas. I'm 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 on board. Cool. Oh, for sure. Cool. Ooh, just a coffee mug with it, but in the cup. <laughs> so once it's finished, you get that. That is look. actually a good idea. Or or one of those or one of those yeah. coffee cups that like changes design when it gets heated up and his face appears once it gets hot. He's like, hi. Yeah, I like, like, the, I like the, the Yeah, so I kind of like You have to make the decision to drink your coffee or not, and it's not an easy choice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> not an easy choice at all. And and you can like be a supporter of Brian without True. anyone knowing. Mm, yeah. yeah, you can hide. You yeah. can hide the shame continue, of loving you can be, the Bachelor's yeah, podcast. You can be a shameful <laughs> enjoyer of the VVP, which is 90 percent yeah. of our fans. So. That's true. That's true. The only five percent are the cast and crew because we openly talk about how they're supporting. So that's all we got. <laughs> all right. Next up, then we got Patrick, who's our office party coordinator, and I'm a little partied out. I'm not gonna lie. Since coming back here, yeah, we party. I can't, I can't run. Yeah, like you want to. You want to know? All right. Don't tell any of my teammates for testing, Brian. But we went out drinking last night, the night before. <laughs> like we get nice. Dexter do. Don't tell uh, anyone I've, as we're being recorded that sent out into the I've world. I've realized. I've realized that. Uh, um, I no longer get hangovers in the Ooh, morning. Nice. I get them at midnight mm. while I'm still out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I got. I had a hangover from like midnight to 4 a.m. and then it went away. Wow. I don't even know how that works. I just haven't drank in a while. I didn't even drink that much, but oh man. Yeah, it was a fun time. I was singing a duet of Backstreet Boys with Ross at one point. Good times, good times. Next up, we got Filippos Galanis, and that is Brad's soundboard <laughs> operator. And uh, apparently D is trying to get on yeah. that soundboard uh, right yeah, now. Yeah, D's just squeaking her toy. There's, uh, yes. yeah, there's competition for the soundboard operator. I thought Brad's soundboard was yeah. in session earlier today when Corey kept repeating himself, but... Yeah. <laughs> All right, we got Laura Roar, and that is her chief executive officer. Um, he is in charge of everything that you see here. It's not much, but it's honest work. They're seeing nothing. It's a podcast. Yeah, I also, my soundboard is like, you know, being shipped, so I don't even By have it. By a very re reputable company, I've heard. A very strong company. Should we advertise uh, for them? No, no. We'll talk. We'll talk about that until I get my stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. not gonna badmouth them until Smart. I have. They my might property. be listening, of course. Instead of actually working, they might be listening. <laughs> All right. And then next up is Victor, who is my first place trophy holder, and 
I'm gonna get one this weekend after I go 12-0 and maybe make it to Worlds. Oh, you're then, gonna you're gonna yay. be the uh, the winner of the lottery of uh, hideous laughter or whatever. Tasha's hideous laughter. <laughs> oh yeah, too good, too good. And last and certainly least, we got Doctor Unks. That is our resident proctologist, but we all know truly, you know, specializes with BBD. Dr. Unks actually lives on the West Coast, so did not move when Brad moved. So just to take care of one client in particular, and that's Brian Brown. Yeah, that, yeah. that resident <laughs> is Brian Brown. Doing. Exactly. Yeah. Do <laughs> <laughs> often we got to show you Dr. Unks a little bit. You know, I think I'll you guys pass. would be buddies. You know, I've, I've heard that every okay. doctor, you know, they, they all have their own specializations. I just didn't. I thought that was mm -hmm. more, you know, topic and less person, but. Shows what I know. Yeah. No, no, no. It's called a family doctor. Yeah, but it's one person, and you are now family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, you wanted me to be done? Well, perfect timing. Yeah, D's squeaking and ready to go outside. So with that, everyone, thank you for listening to another episode of the Bash Bros Podcast and supporting our work. And in the next couple of weeks, um, next week, Corey's moving into his place. The week after that, I'm moving into my place. And the, our lives will go back to normal. And after that, we'll be ramping up our content output. Woo! And if you call our lives normal, sure. <laughs> and thanks again to uh, all the patrons for uh, the cast and crew. Uh, if you want to join the cast and crew, you can, of course, go to patreon.com slash Bash Bros podcast and jump in on the fun. So thanks, last everybody. Last but not least, thank you, Brian Brown Duofton, for coming in on such short notice. Yeah, I'm surprised you had, you know, Audacity loaded up and everything and were able to still answer the call. You know, you must have not been doing I, anything. You know, I just sit there on the unrecording days and just wait for the call. So... Yeah. Oh, okay. Nice to... <laughs> and we're always like, who are we gonna call? It's usually not Brian Brown doing, but sometimes, you know, yeah. the rare times. Sometimes yeah. it's you. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everyone, and we will see you later. Bye.